Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Becky, Becky, what's happening? It's Friday. Yeah, yeah. Friday convos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm excited. This is a good one. Yeah, if you've been hanging around for a few weeks, we have been talking through our core beliefs, and these are the things that guide everything we do, honestly. Yeah, and we have arrived at these core beliefs after years of making tons of mistakes and (laughs) deciding that really a lot of these beliefs were were there the whole time. We just didn't realize it and recognize it. And so we are finding them threaded throughout all these incredible experiences, and we're really excited today to talk about rabid fans. Rabid. So if you've heard us, we even say this word in the intro, which is so funny. And I remember when we were first putting together takes of this, we're like, do we really want to say the word rabid? And I'm like, yes. We do. (laughs) Purposely. (laughs) And here's why. For all of you... What's the word whenever you're like really into words and dictionaries? Isn't there a word for that? Probably. (laughs) A linguist? A linguist. Okay. (laughs) Yes, because I'm married to a linguist. I should know this. There you go. Um, You're right. Rabid totally means, if you look it up, an animal that has rabies. (laughs) (laughs) We're not talking about that version. Not today, at least. We're talking about the other definition under rabid, which is having or proceeding from an extreme or fanatical support or belief in something. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know who these people are. These are the people who are painted at games. They're the fans. They're the super fans. fans. Like I see an Oakland Raiders um, fan. If you've ever seen someone like that, no, John, I I should not make sports (laughs) analogies. that they exist. Yes. So our value is that we want to cultivate and mobilize these rabid fans. And the way that we talk about it is, have you just really ever noticed how one person's profound passion can create ripples? We've all seen that everywhere in our mission. And so that's really our goal is to find that passion. And we want to toss a pebble into the hands of those who simply don't want to make a transactional gift. They really want to start a movement and they want to do it with our missions. Yeah. And I think, you know, the perfect precursor to this was the conversation we had just last week. So zoom back to this episode where we talked about that it's not about giving, meaning transactional giving. It's about belief. And the whole idea was that, like, we want to cultivate people who really believe, because when you really believe in something and you know that the impact is going to follow your gift, it changes everything. And so this is really step two for that, or step putting in, you know, octane on the fire. I really like that transition. And I like just thinking about who are these people. And that should really be where we start. Who is a rabid fan? They don't have one moniker. They don't have a a singular title. They kind of have all the titles. And that's what's so beautiful about them. They're the believers. They're the donors, volunteers, crowdfunders, mission lovers, board members. Or they're just really people that are in our community who believe so deeply in what we're trying to do. And our goal is about identifying them, engaging them, and mobilizing them for good. Yeah. And sometimes these people are a little fanatical. They're a little kooky, but in the best way possible. I love quirky. Yeah. And so I know one of our favorite stories was from some of the most inspirational people, but they had their own community, their own tribe of people that they could really ignite 
I'm so excited to share this story today. Share this story. So I'm going to tell you about Jedi, Jedi Oklahoma City. You heard me right. It's Jedi <laughs> OKC. And we would play the Star Wars theme, but I couldn't afford the licensing. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But now that you've said that, everyone's kind of singing yeah. it in their head. And right. so we had um, a couple who had had um, a really traumatic medical life event in their family. And they had come through our organization um, as, as a patient and then came out as a grateful patient. And I just think when I start to put the uh, pins together of their journey, it is all about cultivating and mobilizing rabid fans. So our friend Ryan um, kind of led this effort, and they came in through Grateful Patient. They made a nice gift, and then they joined our Young Philanthropist group. And part of that, um, the goal of that was to travel around to our different areas of the hospital to find, and we, and we have, they were multi-hospitals, you know, and, and many systems, many clinics, and they would go around and try to understand a little bit about who we are at a global level, and so one day, they are going to a mental health facility for children, and that is a very, very heavy space, and we're talking about children um, that are between the ages of 5 to 17, and they are sort of in lockdown because they have severe mental issues, um, emotional issues. They have been um, traumatized in some way. And so it's just a heavy place. And for whatever reason, Ryan was so struck, and Shauna were so struck by this place. And they became believers of this is the place where I think we need to make an impact. So while it was one pit stop that one night to learn a little bit about it, they fell in love with this mission. And I think that's such a central part of your mission of how can you create those experiences, mm -hmm. right? Because I would actually describe my first time walking into that mental health institution the same way, that yeah. I was ill-prepared to get completely pulled in and, and feeling the need of seeing you know, the eyes of kids that are facing some of the hardest challenges in the world here and just needing anything, you know, needing support. And I remember leaving feeling really changed. So there's, yeah. there's power in, in bringing your donors along for experiences like that. Not, and not I to profiteer off of no. that, but just to have a reality wake up call of this is what's the needs are. I love that it. you brought that back to that, John, because when you can walk into a space like Spencer, which is the name of our facility, and you can get the life sucked out of you because of you can cut some of the hopelessness, you know, almost with a knife. But there are people, you know, I know it happened to us, and it happened to Ryan and Shauna who walked in and said, we need to infuse some hope in here. So what they did was they loved the mission. They went back to Jet AOKC. It's just a local organization of the most amazing humans in our metro <laughs> area who dress up in costume. It's like very Comic-Con. Love the and Force. Yes, All they love the Force. <laughs> and I mean, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so it resonated with me. And they said, how can we tap in to what our club is doing and meet a mission here? And so they just started very gently. And they started raising some money so they could dress up in costume and come to the facility 
during Halloween, and which is so fantastic. Can you imagine mm-hmm. being a five-year-old kid and, and Darth Vader walks down, or Chewbacca, or, <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't even just limited to Star Wars. I mean, you had people that were dressing up in all manner of fan and superhero costumes, and they partnered with the community. They got buckets, they got candy, and it, I, it is an insane amount of candy. Yeah, um, it would make any mother very nervous to see the amount of candy <laughs> that one child is getting. And then they up, they had such an amazing experience. They decided we're going to adopt all these kids for Christmas, and they went back. They par- partnered with another local organization, a, a for-profit company that provided, you know, North Face jackets and brand new shoes for every kid. And they dressed up as Santa and elves, and and there's just this fun and whimsy uh, part of what they did. That could have stopped right there at Spencer. They're still doing it mm-hmm. to this day, which is amazing. But they the the club members got so much out of it. They kept saying, how do we do more? And here's where the rabidness, I think, really yeah. comes in. And then they start, you know, giving candy to our charter school for Halloween and dressing up. They start coming to the pediatric portion of our hospital and going to visit sick kids and their costumes. Um, at one point, you know, not during a holiday or not May 4th, may the 4th be with you. They did come to the hospital on that day too. You know, w- Ryan reached out and said, how can I help you? And I said, you know what? We've actually raised some money uh, to buy some cloth because we've decided that kids don't like our boring um, smocks. And uh, we need to create some cool kid like smocks for when they come into the hospital. We need some cool ones for teens. Teens don't want to wear, um, you know, Little Paw Patrol or something, or something <laughs> like that. And so Ryan found people within his church community that ended up sewing pillowcases, you know, for the kids' uh, room in the pediatric unit, you know, sewing these smocks. And the thing that's just so fantastic about this story is whenever we we gave them information about what we needed, they put a sort of all-hands-on-deck approach to um, meeting that need. And it was never, the need was never too small. It was never too um, overwhelming for them. They just kind of got their hands dirty and found a way to make it work, culminating to the fact that last year, pre-COVID, they had a 5K run, you know, that they hosted for the city during October where they invited everyone to come dress up in costume, hilarious, 5K, (laughs) with all these people in costumes, adults, kids, animals, and all of the money went toward funding things for Spencer. They have funded African drums. They have helped lean into therapies. And that is what we're trying to say. Where is your Jedi OKC group in your mission? We want to find those people. We want to tap into the passion that they have. And we want to give them enough tools where they can do their thing. And the joy that I was able to even see from Ryan and from the club members um, was so fulfilling to me. And that's really what we're trying to get at. It's so, I love hearing about their story because they're the type of people that are just so infectious with their passion. And I think Becky, you bring up such a great point of, of how do we replicate this? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, some people have clubs like Jedi OKC. They've got a star Wars fan club that they can go mobilize or like Ryan's church group, same thing, but everybody's got a sphere of influence. We talked about this with, you know, how do we cultivate believers? Every believer that that's for your mission is going to either have a circle of influence or they're going to have doors that could be opened around them or they're going to be involved in associations and memberships and schools and clubs and all these things. And so that's the power of really having these moments one-on-one with people because it's, it's just the opening of a door 
to so much opportunity. And if you have a believer and you're telling them your needs and you're showing them the opportunities, exactly, they're going to be able to unlock and, and take that message to their sphere of influence. And that's what rabid fans do. You it's know? amazing. And I just think our missions are large and our deliverables are many. And so there's just so much to accomplish. And so, you know, John and I, John laughs at my analogy for this, but you know, what I think you really need is a mission size PTA. And I mean, I know you all can see it. It's these moms who want to hustle. I'm not saying your mission is, is, has <laughs> to be made up of mothers, but in our PTAs, they are largely filled with moms who are going to do the hustle and the work because they want their kids to have every advantage. Where is your PTA? Where's your mission sized PTA? We, we already know if they're giving to us that they believe in us, you know, and most people want to do good. So our job really becomes how do we communicate with them? How do we keep them engaged? And how do we kind of point them in a way that helps them fulfill our needs in a creative way that they can define? It's just a really powerful notion. Yeah, absolutely. So where can you get started? Just start, start by looking at where your believers in your organization where are those people that have raised their hand at an event maybe that really moved them or through a campaign that they really sifted to the top and reached out and wanted to, to do more? Build the relationships with them. Understand what their gifts are, what their talents are, where their opportunities are, and help mobilize them in a way that fits with their talents and abilities. And you're going to have some really unique and awesome moments. This is not to say that Becky and John are just like, hey, willy-nilly, just let all these people run wild because <laughs> you want that. And I feel like we want to cultivate that because third party, what we call third party, you know, fundraising is so awesome when you yeah, literally really can is. just stand by and cheer people along and you're not having to set up every chair at every event. <laughs> if things are happening on your behalf, like that is gold. But we're also saying be intentional too because you can help create you know, some direction for people that are rapid fans. Yeah. You can put... You can ask them and challenge them into leadership roles at your organization or campaign roles or to volunteer experiences that could really move the needle in a really specific way. It's the same idea. It's about relationship. It's about cultivation of that. And it's working smarter, not harder. Um, because if you can really tap into these individuals, they can make your messages more viral, mm -hmm. more heard. They can get into spaces that we can't get to because we're not a part of that network. And they make those messages more personalized by virtue of uh, how they position it through their own lens. And I think that is fantastic. So tell your story. Tell it well. That would be find those people, step one, tell your story and tell it well. That would be the first two steps. And this is going to attract your crazy Kool-Aid drinkers. I mean, these <laughs> are the purest. They see your mission for what it is. Grab these people. They will be the heart and soul of what you can do. And then you just equip them with messages, with tools, with channels, and then they can just apply that mission muscle that we're looking for. And, and what an organic way to just go through engagement with yeah. someone. Um, it doesn't even have to be anything that's, you know, beautiful that you send out. I mean, a quick email to, and of course, John and I would say, wrap a brand around it, like yeah, call them something, call them something. you <laughs> know, are they our, 
you know, our, we are for good soldiers or something, our little army of people who are taking things to the world and making it better. So wrap something around what to call those people, make them feel like insiders and unleash, you know, the passion that is within them to drive your mission forward. So there you have it. Cultivate and mobilize rabid fans. It is such a single greatest opportunity to reach a large group of people and take your awareness and your peer-to-peer fundraising to the next level. You can do this. We believe in you. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you feel inspired to toss a pebble into the hands of those who don't simply want to make a transactional gift. They want to start a movement. If you loved what you heard today, would you stop what you're doing and hit subscribe? It really does help more people find us and join our good community. Thanks, friends. I'm Julie Comfer, our producer, and our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsboom. Thanks for being here, friends. Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.